Welcome to the Basin Church Podcast. And as a church, our mission is to bring hope and wholeness through Jesus Christ. And no matter where you are and as you listen today, we hope that you find hope in Jesus and even move one step closer to being made whole. Uh, my name is uh, Ben. I pastor in Sterling, uh, Colorado. And if in your head you think that that's like Aspen and mountains and like sprawling uh, mountainous beauty, no. Uh, think about like just Odessa in Colorado. Um, where we live, we live out uh, in the plains of Colorado. It takes me 45 minutes to drive to see the mountains on the horizon. It takes me another hour to get to the foothills of it. So that's how far out uh, we are removed. Uh, we are closer to the Nebraska state line than we are to the next big city uh, to, to us. So we're out uh, that far. Um, I was talking uh, with EG yesterday about the great sand dune migration that you guys have when the, when the wind starts blowing. Uh, we have the tumbleweed migration uh, that just kind of comes through. And don't tell my neighbors this, but I just let my tumbleweeds pile up into the corner of my fence until the next wave of wind comes through. And then I just toss them up and let... Let, it, let the wind take it to the neighbors. I'm just I'm sharing that uh, along with them. Uh, I've uh, uh, been in, in uh, Sterling, Colorado, uh, actually almost 13 years. It's been 12 and beyond uh, at that point, and um, uh, we, we love it. We love where we are. Uh, my hope would be that wherever God has you, that you love it as well. Um, don't see it as a place that is wasted space, see it as an opportunity to embrace the plans and the purposes of God for your life and the promises that he has for you. Um, even if it's a, a, a time that has trials or struggles, uh, embrace that as a refinement, as an, an opportunity to grow as a man of God, a woman of God, and to do things uh, aligned with the kingdom of God. We just encourage you with that. Uh, my wife and I are the co-pastors uh, of our church in Sterling, Colorado. I've got three kids, and they just, I don't know if you know this, but kids just keep growing. Uh, and so mine have just like kept growing. They're 13, 11, and 9. We're in a really fun stage where there's a little bit of independence to them, and uh, there's uh, a, a little bit of them being able to take care of themselves. Uh, we're also getting into that talk back stage. I don't know if your kids are in that place yet, um, so we're interacting with some of those things. Um, but I've got three kids. Uh, they're all different. They're all unique. Uh, we've got a few chickens. Oftentimes, we've got a couple cows. We've got two dogs now. We just picked up a puppy. And so my life is uh, full uh, at home and uh, a pretty interesting place. Um, but with that, one of the things that I want to talk to you about this morning, and we're going to be looking in God's Word about this, is we're going to be talking about sowing with a harvest in mind. Um, sowing with a harvest in mind. And I don't know if you uh, uh, are, are kind of a green thumb. I don't know if you've got plants. I don't know if you uh, do a garden or anything like that. That was new for us when we moved out to Sterling. It was a place where when we got out there, we decided we were going to start trying to tackle uh, a garden. And um, ideally, we would start right now. Uh, not because you can do anything outside, because we've still got snow in our yard, uh, we've still got some pretty cold, uh, chilly nights, and we still have a frost and a freeze at times. So we start inside. Uh, so right now, in the next couple of weeks, we will start planting seeds inside in a place where they can start to germinate, where they're still warm, they're protected, they're going to begin to grow. And it won't be till after Mother's Day. That's the rule out where I live. I don't know what your rule is here as far as gardens, but after Mother's Day, you can put your stuff outside and you're generally safe at that point. So we're beginning to think 
we're beginning to plan, we're beginning to prepare, and we're beginning to plant in even advance of that effort. And so we, we start to think about right now, what are we going to plant, right? And it's not just what do we want to grow, it's what do we want to have at the end of what we've done, okay? So we start thinking about carrots, we start thinking about tomatoes, we start thinking about things uh, along those lines, because when we harvest our carrots, we cut them all up, we freeze them, and then we use those in homemade vegetable beef soup all through the winter months because it's cold and my kids will eat the carrots. Uh, we start doing the tomatoes because we make our own tomato sauce at the end of that, and we freeze it in bags that are big enough for our family, and then we have homemade spaghetti sauce in our spaghetti all winter long as you're trying to eat those warm foods. Again, so we're thinking about the harvest in mind. We're thinking about the end, not just the beginning. And we begin to think about what we're going to plant, and we begin to map out our garden. So my wife is better at this than I. I would be a little bit more haphazard in what I was doing. She's got a plan. She's going to stick to the plan. And so we begin to map that out. We know where this and that is going to go, even based on what grew last year and where we're going to flop kind of things in the garden, where we're going to put certain trellises. And it's with the harvest. It's with the harvest in mind, the end. It's with the fruit in mind. And there are sowing and reaping principles just in the natural, right? So if you, if you sow at the wrong time, like it's not going to grow correctly. Uh, if you wait too long to harvest, you're going to waste the fruit of the harvest. Uh, if you don't water, if you don't attend, if you don't uh, provide the right type of trellis to sustain the growth and the effort, all of those things are going to impact the end. And the sowing reaping principles in life are something that you can find all through Scripture as metaphors for principles for the kingdom of God, the way that the kingdom of God works. In fact, Jesus uses a number of parables where he says the kingdom of God is like a gardener who planted, uh, somebody who had a field, uh, workers who went out into the harvest. He talks a lot about even the idea of the, um, uh, the seeds on the different types of ground, if you remember that parable, where there's the birds and there's the drought and there's the weeds and the things that are going on with that. The sowing, reaping principles of just life are things that also apply to the kingdom of God. And many of us, and I won't presume to speak too, too uh, detailed for you, but many of us, I found to be true for myself, we, we live life without these types of principles in mind. Uh, rather than intentionally participating with God in co-creating the life that he's designed us to live and partnering with him in the things of the kingdom of God, we can get so like overwhelmed or we can get caught in just the moment of, of work or the pressures of life or the things that require our uh, uh, our, our focus and our efforts that we spend all of it on maybe those lesser things and we don't think about what God's going to do. We don't prepare for what he's going to produce in our lives. We don't set ourselves up to be a part of really sharing in the harvest of the things of the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about some sowing and reaping principles and how to apply those to our spiritual growth and uh, our, our, our journey with following Jesus, discovering our faith and becoming the men of God and the women of God that he's created us to be. I want to encourage you, if you've got your Bible, to go ahead and get that out. If you've got a smartphone or a tablet, just open up your Bible app. And if you're like, man, I don't... I don't have an app. Like you could download it by the time I'm done praying for our time here and you could already be caught up. So Lord, we ask that you would prepare our hearts to be open to your word. 
Lord, that we would have ears to hear, that we would have eyes to see. Lord, that there would be a receptivity in our hearts, that we would be soft towards you, that we would recognize your voice. Lord, all the things in Scripture that would indicate that we're leaning into you to hear from you, to receive from you, and to respond to you. Lord, give us that type. Give us that type of learning posture this morning. And Lord, for places where uh, we're skeptical, for places where we're hurting, Lord, for places where uh, we need uh, our faith to be revived, Lord, would you kindly and gently move by your Spirit to bring those things to life in us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be looking at a pretty simple passage of Scripture this morning. It's in Galatians chapter 6, so if you want to go ahead and make your way there, that's going to be um, our main text, and then we're going to be pulling um, some concepts out of that. Oop, I dropped that, and uh, I'll leave it there. You got it for me? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And then we'll be kind of pulling out some, some points from this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read the verses um, together, uh, and then we're going to begin to make our way through that. But in Galatians chapter 6, Paul uses the metaphor of sowing and reaping. He uses that picture, which in that culture they were very familiar with. Uh, he uses that to remind them about the things of the kingdom of God and to help kind of correct and direct them as a group of churches. This letter wasn't written to just one church or one individual. It was written to the churches in a whole region, and they passed it around, each being encouraged and each moving forward into that um, type of, of, of teaching. And so starting in the second part of verse 7, this is Galatians chapter 6, Paul writes this. He says, a man reaps what he sows. Now, we know that that principle isn't just about masculinity. It, does, it doesn't mean that if dads go out and plant something in the garden, they reap something, and if mom does that, that it doesn't. So this isn't gender-specific here. He's speaking in the general term of what we know to be true in just the way that life works, that a man reaps what he sows. A woman reaps what she sows. A person reaps what they sow. That's the result. We understand that there's a sequence to that. And then he moves on and he begins to talk about not a garden, right? Not uh, the idea of just kind of plants outside, but he starts moving it into a spiritual conversation and what is produced in the life that you live. He says, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then he moves on into some application, we'll get that in a minute. But I want to unpack kind of the spiritual, uh, the spiritual thing that he is, he, he's talking about here. A lot of times when we read a verse like this, right, where it says, if you sow to your flesh that you're going to uh, reap, like, destruction. Um, I don't know if you, if you read that verse with like, a, oh man, all right, here it comes, i got to get my life together, right? And there's some, there's some application to that, right? There's places in us when we're honest before the Lord, like there's some correction that's needed. There's some, some places of kind of growth. There's some freedom that's needed, maybe from places that we're bound or addicted or kind of wrapped up in, in stuff. We, we can read this as like, a, okay, I've got I to get myself figured out before I can move forward. But Paul isn't writing to the churches to try to like call them out on the carpet and expose all of their naughty stuff and then like somehow make them have a come to Jesus moment. He's talking about the very simple principle that when we do things in the flesh, when we do things in our own strength, or when we allow ourselves to be influenced by the sin of this world, that it just makes the fruit yucky. 
like what the result is, is just, it's not good. And so one of the things that I often talk about with my congregation, with our church, is we just say that whatever, whatever sin gets to get its fingers on, it just, it kind of ruins it. It just, it makes it less than, it diminishes it. And so when I allow that type of influence to be a part of my interaction with my wife or with my kids or the motivation for ministry or the way that I'm going to orient myself to the others in this world, that it'll always be less than what God's best would have been because I've allowed it to be tainted with the wrong thing. See, God has a beautiful design for your life. And I love the picture in Scripture where it talks about you and I being God's masterpiece. I don't know if, you're, if you've been familiar with that verse, but there's a place that talks about you and I being the masterpiece of God, and the Greek word there is actually poema. It's where we get our word poem, and it's like this picture of this beautiful artistry, and what sin does is if you think about a beautiful painting that's been painted, and then somebody comes by with like flaming hot Cheetos fingers and just like, just like puts it down the painting, Right? Or maybe you've had something at home that you've worked really hard on and your kids came by with like their sticky fingers and they touched it, right? Like, don't touch my stuff. Like that sin just, it ruins. It diminishes. It makes it less. And so he's, he's just simply talking about that in this, in this principle here, that whenever we sow in conjunction with that, like we're going to get a lesser result. And then he goes to that spiritual application, says that the one who sows to please the Spirit so when we're aligned with the leading of the Spirit of God, when we're aligned with the Word of God, when we're aligned with being led by the Lord, that the, the, produ- the, the produce, what is produced as a result of that is something that is aligned with eternal life. And that phrase there, we almost always think of eternal life as someday. I mean, don't you? Don't you? When you hear of eternal life, you think, okay, I'm going to make it to heaven. You know, hopefully they let me in the gates, something along those lines. Many times that's how we think about it, but the, the phrase isn't really eternal life, it's life everlasting. It's life that does not end. And the picture more frequently in Scripture is that what God wants to do in you isn't to just like help you be a good person right now so that someday you can have eternal life. He wants to start heaven on earth in your life now, and He wants you to live all the way through your life and into eternity with that as a part of what's going on. You need face tape for this thing. I'm going to get you some. Christmas is coming. Compartment plates and face tape. You'll have to ask him about the plates later. That's one of his secrets. Um, but there, there is a, a design that the Lord has for us to partner with him that we move into the fruitfulness of his promises uh, produced in our life. And when you move from this, right, so he gives us this spiritual principle, sowing and reaping, right? Uh, If I sow carrots, I'm going to get carrots, right? I shouldn't get something else. Uh, I probably mix up the seeds. It's going to be my fault, not the seed fault at that point in my garden. So he just gives us that practical thing. A man reaps what he sows, and he gives us this either-or type of approach. And then verse 9, he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So he's, he's continuing this idea. He's continuing this metaphor. And he's aligning this idea that when we sow according to the Spirit, that we are aligning with the, the doing good of the things of the kingdom of God, and that there is a time where harvest is always the result. It's not immediate, 
One of the things that I found with a garden, and maybe you found this yourself, is that you don't get to plant and harvest on the same day. It's actually super frustrating, right? And I found this. One of my favorite plants is strawberries. Not because I care about the plant, but because I really like the fruit. And did you know that if you plant strawberries, you don't get fruit the first year? I didn't know that. And so I was super disappointed when I planted strawberries. I'm like, where's the strawberries? What is happening here? And then somebody was like, well, strawberries don't produce fruit the first year. You have to go a whole year. They have to go dormant. And they come back the next year. You get fruit next year. And I'm like, I'm just going to go buy strawberries, right? And we're not planting strawberries anymore because I don't want to wait a whole year. There's often kind of a, a timeline lapse just even in the natural. And sometimes we have to endure that in the spiritual. Let us not become weary in doing good for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore... As you have opportunity, if you're a note taker, if you like to highlight things in your Bible, or if you like, like something to hold on to and say, this is the one thing that I'm going to do with Jesus this week, this is what I would highlight for you. As you have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. If you were going to walk out with like one action step, ask the Lord to give you eyes to see your opportunities this week to sow seeds for the kingdom of God in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, in your interaction with the community, in your conversations, in your place of work, in your own person and uh, uh, spiritual development. You know, sometimes when we think about sowing seeds in the right place, we think about into the lives of others, but we need to allow the seed of God's word into our heart. We need to allow the work of the spirit into our heart. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen in us before we even think about kind of moving in that other direction. But I want to give you four thoughts this morning. We're going to go th through these pretty quickly. But, but four thoughts that pertain to the principle, both in the natural of sowing and reaping, and apply to the spiritual of just your own growth and de de development. And it's going to seem pretty elemental um, to begin with. But the first one is this, and it's what Paul said in the first part of that verse, where you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And what that means is that the things that I begin to intentionally or unintentionally sprinkle into my life, those things are going to bear fruit, right? So if I begin to sow thoughts or words of anger and bitterness, at some point there's going to be fruit that arrives that I wasn't anticipating, I didn't really want to receive, but I wasn't attentive to what was being sown maybe into my life. Uh, when there's things that we allow into our, our hearts or into our minds, uh, attitudes or habits or ways that we begin to entertain things that are counter to the kingdom of God, all of those things eventually are going to produce fruit if we allow them to mature and go the course. And so a good thing to think about is to consider your heart as a garden, to consider your mind as a garden, and to go in there and check out how things are going. Allow the Lord to, as the psalmist would say, to search you and to know your heart. And go in there and say, hey, you know what? Over here we were sowing joy and hope and love, uh, and instead this doesn't look like that. Get that uprooted before it bears fruit. Just because it's there now doesn't mean it has to stay there to the duration of the time. Like, think about that concept. You reap what you sow. If you sow faith and hope and love and joy, you're going to see those things come to fruition in your life. If you sow anger and bitterness, if you sow greed 
and envy, insecurity, any of those things, those things are also going to produce fruit. So if you are attentive to what's going on inside of you, and not just looking through your own lens, but again, as the psalmist would invite, Lord, come and know my thoughts, know my anxious heart, search me, try me, expose any wrong way in me, and then lead me into the life everlasting. That everlasting life is the same type of concept there. But you reap what you so, and so if you are in a place today where, where you would be considering areas of your life and they're like jacked up, right? You've got a relationship that's fallen apart. You've got a motivation that is a, a, a little bit off. Uh, you've got a challenge that's in front of you that is the direct result of decisions that you made and things that you put in motion. You, like you created the problem for yourself and now you have to walk through it. Begin to consider uh, consider the garden of your heart in a way where you begin to sow other things. And sow, sow the Word of God. Sow the presence of Jesus. Sow in alignment with the things of the kingdom of God. You reap what you sow. And it's important to recognize that. So there's the what. But here's another thing that I didn't think about primarily. I don't know if you've ever considered this, but you also reap where you sow. You reap where you sow. And I had, I had a pastor friend of mine, I was, at a, uh, I was at a marriage conference. My wife and I went and we had a number of the leaders and uh, members of our church family who all went together. And my pastor friend had said that and it was something that I had never really heard spoken out loud before and I had never considered it. You sow uh, or you reap where you sow. And it makes complete sense to me because we reap and sow in our garden, like at home, right? So it's in that place that the plants grow and that, that's where the tomato plant is and that's where the tomatoes happen. And there's no other tomatoes anywhere on our property. There's no other place that those are just kind of growing haphazardly or just out of the, out of the natural. Uh, we've got a very sandy, arid type of a soil and area. We would be considered high plains, desert plains. And so it, it, it's a rough place to try to even get things to grow. So that, that stuff's not just out there naturally. Like where, where we sow is also where we end up reaping. And that is something that's really, really important. Because if you're looking at a relationship, if you're looking at um, a place in your life that's just like the fruit that's being produced there is just like it's yucky fruit, right? You may have stuff together over here, but over here in this exchange, it's just like, man, that's that's not sweet fruit. That's not healthy. That's not actually what I would even want to be there. We need to start considering what was sown into that place that is producing that type of fruit. And then we need to make some type of switch. And so if I find myself in a place where my wife and I are, we're not on the same page and there's all of a sudden there's kind of like discord and there's disagreement and we're having to try to work through conflict, I need to start thinking, have I been sowing the right things into my relationship with my wife or have I been allowing other things there? Have I spoken seeds of uh, discontent or disappointment? Have I said things that were kind of uh, uh, demeaning or, or putting her down? Or has she done that? Are there insecurities that are being kind of exacerbated? Or have we just kind of been living next to each other but not living with each other? Have we been just kind of going like in the same direction but we're not actually traveling hand in hand? Like those types of things all of a sudden become part of the consideration because if I'm sowing the right things into my marriage, I'm going to see the the right fruit coming out of that. And the same thing is true of any relationship. The same thing is true of your relationship with the Lord. 
And so if you were to consider your spirituality right now and you were just like, hey, Pastor Ben, like I love Jesus, but I feel really far from him. Then I would say, hey, let's think about what's being planted in that relationship. What thoughts are being entertained? What things are you entertaining? What things are you allowing that are maybe creating that type of drift? And what could be uprooted? And then what could be replanted that fosters health and wholeness and a growing relationship with the Lord? Where you sow is important. Where you focus your time, where you focus your money, where you focus your talent, where you focus your energy, your interests, wherever your effort goes and what the motivation of that is, is going to create fruit in your life. And it's not like magic or mystery. It's just the principle of reaping and sowing. And so if we're intentional, if we're cognitive, if we're thinking about that purposely, then we can begin to sow in a way where we are sowing with the Creator, where we are partnering with God in the things that we are beginning to put into motion in our lives. So you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow. The third one is this, and this is a great one when you're sowing the right stuff, and this is a horrifying one when we are sowing the wrong things, and it's this, you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. I sow a single tomato seed, I get all kinds of tomatoes. And when that's intentional, and when that's what I want, and when that's healthy and hope-filled, and that's the desired outcome, like, awesome! Like two years ago, like our tomatoes went crazy. We were giving tomatoes away. Um, does anybody garden in here? I'm going to give you a hint. Nobody does? All right. If you have friends that garden, <laughs> if you have friends that garden, give them this hint, okay? Nobody. Everybody say nobody. nobody. Well, you're, I've got you on the hook now. You're going to just agree with me and you don't know what I'm going to say. But here's the deal. Nobody likes zucchini. Can we agree on that? Nobody likes it. Zucchini is like, it's like a giant cucumber, uh, but it's not. It's like the okey-doke. It's not squash. It's not, a, it's not a cucumber. It can't be a pickle. It's just, it's just a zucchini. And some of you are looking at me incredulously. Like, you're like, zucchini? Like, we love zucchini. Can I tell you, this spring, come visit me. Just come visit me. Because everybody in Sterling plants zucchini. Nobody eats it. Nobody. What happens every year is I have people plant zucchini and then they show up to church the two weeks that zucchini needs to be harvested and they bring in their giant bags of zucchini and they say, hey, pastor, here, give this to people. And I'm like, there's like a whole bunch of you trying to give away zucchini. You all planted zucchini. I think you do it because it makes you feel good because it's easy to plant and it's easy to harvest. But at the end of it, they're all just trying to give it away. So if you guys are like, Pastor Ben, you're off your rocker, and zucchini is, we couldn't get enough zucchini, then this church needs to shut down in the spring. You guys carpool up to Sterling and just bring a pickup truck, and we will fill it all up. You can come home with all of our zucchini, and God bless you as you find something to do with it. But you always get more than you've sown. Always. And when that thing is uh, aligned with the Word of God, when those are seeds of faith, when those are seeds of hope, when those are things that are aligned with God's plans and purpose for your life and the design that he has for you, that's awesome. Because there's, there's a time where that's going to bust out in, in fruitfulness in your life and it's going to be an overwhelming type of fruitfulness. But the same 
principle applies to all of the gross stuff in our life. All of the things that would be misaligned with the Word of God, which means that the things that I allow to be sown into my life, where it's just like, Pastor, it was just one time and I don't know what happened. Like I, I made that decision once and now all of a sudden I find myself here and I, I don't actually know what happened. It grew up and it produced fruit and it sent you way over here. I have so many friends, so many people that I've walked with in ministry over the years who, who are surprised they ended up where they were because the compromise, the sin, the decision, it was just like it was just supposed to be one thing. It was just in one area. But you always reap more than you sow. And so the principle is a hope-filled principle with us when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God. But there's a warning in it to us when we are aligning with the other stuff. That's why when Paul said earlier in that verse that don't be deceived, you reap what you sow. If you sow to please the sinful nature, if you sow in alignment with sin, then you are going to reap destruction. It's not a you better look out because God's going to get you. It's that that little act is going to produce much more fruit in your life than you anticipated. Pay attention to that. One of the really interesting things I would suggest to you to think about is just the idea of just faith. Jesus talks about faith as being uh, like the size of a mustard seed. On a couple different occasions, he talks about faith in the kingdom of God in those types of terms. Very specific and very uh, interesting because the seed is very small and then the plant that is produced is actually pretty small as well. But he talks about the idea of a mustard seed being something that when it comes to fullness, it's, it's actually a, a large plant. It, 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 it looks kind of like a tree, and it's strong enough for birds to even land on. It's a really interesting type thing. But he talks about this mustard seed being really, really, this really, really tiny thing. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, um, but within a single seed, the future could be a whole orchard. We almost always think of planting a seed and we get a plant. But within that seed is not just the plant that it can produce, but all of the other ones that can come from the fruit that comes from it. And with a single acorn, you can plant a forest. With a single seed, you could, through time, plant a whole garden. There's that type of potential in it. And when we sow seeds for the kingdom of God, the same type of potential is within that. Okay, so you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow, you're going to reap more than you have sown. And then the last one is this, and we'll close in just a moment. If you're going to make it to the harvest, it's going to require perseverance. I love one of the things that Paul adds to this as he goes. He says, let us not become weary, in verse 9, in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you're a note taker, if you want to hold on to something else from this this morning, highlight, underline, put it in your back pocket, just don't give up. Don't give up. And that's more than just like, hey, you need to grin and bear it. That's more than just you need to kind of endure. Like, that's more than just you willing it to happen. Like the direction of what you've put your faith in and what you were enduring and persevering towards is really, really important. But there's a, there's a message in here to understand that we need to persevere if we're going to see the harvest. 
See, when I go home in the next week or two, my wife and I, we're going to plant those seeds. We're going to do it inside. We're going to put it by the window that we have in our house. And we're just going to have like these little cups full of plants that are starting to try to grow. And they're going to be there until after Mother's Day. And then we're going to move those. We're going to take them outside. We're going to transplant them into the garden. We're going to have planned it out. We're going to know exactly where everything's going to go. But then there's not going to be anything really great that happens until the end of summer. Like it's, it's going to be months and months and months. And we're going to have to pay attention. We're going to have to water. We're going to have to attend. There's a, there's a whole lot of work that goes into it. And there's a whole lot of waiting and enduring until the very, very end to see that harvest. And when scripture talks about endurance and perseverance, that's what it's talking about. Being able to endure until the promise is fulfilled. Being able to endure until the fruitfulness arrives. Being able to endure until the deliverance comes. Being able to endure until whatever that until is, there's an endurance, there's a perseverance that needs to come to it. And most of the time, you and I think about perseverance as being our strength to, like, get it, to make it happen. And maybe I'm speaking too uh, freely about your approach, but I would say that I fall into that. My church family falls into that. Uh, we live in an area that is pretty self-sufficient. We got a whole lot of people in our church that are of the idea that you just kind of pull yourself up in your own strength and in your own effort and you just get it done. That, that's the community that I live in. And one of my favorite movies is True Grit. And I, whether you've seen the original one with John Wayne, which is my absolute favorite John Wayne movie of all time, or whether you've seen the updated version with Jeff Bridges, I like both of them almost equally, and I love that movie. And I remember as a little kid watching the original one with my grandpa, I've watched both of those with my kids, and my boys especially, Dad, can we watch True Grit? Like, we're going we're gonna to watch it. And in that movie, it was, it's a really interesting thing because it wasn't until recently that I made this discovery. John Wayne's character, Jeff Bridges' character, Rooster Cogburn in the movie, isn't the one that actually had true grit. It was the little girl. It was the Maddie Ross character. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie at all, but like John Wayne is just a one-eyed cowboy, roughneck, you know, getting it done. And I've always thought about him being the one who had true grit. And even in the dialogue of the movie, and if you read the book, she says, yeah, I'm looking for somebody with true grit. But he was actually just stubborn, self-centered, self-sufficient, super flawed, and in the end would have come up short without a little bit of help. And the one who showed unwavering commitment to see a hard thing through was actually the character Matty Ross. And I would encourage you with that because perseverance requires more than just your own strength. It requires more than you saying, okay, pastor, I'm going to endure till the end. It actually requires a willingness to just be unwavering through something really, really hard. Not to have the strength to fight or change something that's really, really hard. Perseverance means that I can endure it. I can see the task through to the end. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment as we close. And I've got a few questions that I want to encourage you to entertain. 
this morning we just we've been looking at Galatians 6 and unpacking just natural spiritual principles that you reap what you sow you reap where you sow you reap more than you sow and the harvest is going to require persevering to the end and I want to encourage you to think about these questions and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in this moment and the first question is this, how, how can you approach just this next week with an intentional eye on a kingdom harvest? Maybe that has to do with thinking about your, your own relationship, your spouse or your kids. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it has to do with the way that you interact with the community. Maybe it's your place of employment, the people that you work with. But how could you approach this week with an eye on a kingdom harvest? What will you sow this week into your own life and into the lives of those around you? We sow seeds of faith and encouragement. We sow seeds of righteousness. Will you align yourself with the Word of God? Will you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit of God? Would you sow those types of things in? Would you invest in your relationship with Jesus? Something as simple as just spending some time in prayer and spending some time in His Word. That begins to sow his life into your life, and it will be worked out into the experience of your life. Where will you sow this week? Will you invest in your relationship with the Lord? Will you invest in your marriage or your family? Will you invest in your community or your workplace? And then the last question, are you willing to endure to see a harvest? Not to show grit in a sense of fighting for your right or for your way, not relying on your own strength or self, but being willing to show unwavering commitment, to show an unwavering faith, to just to see a hard season to the end. Without giving up, without giving in, without allowing the wrong seeds to be sown back into your life, but enduring to the end. Thanks for listening. And if you would like more information on our church or you'd like to visit us in person, you can go to basinchurch.org. And as always, we hope this content helps you on your faith journey.